But I guess I'm going to go smoke a cigarette real quick while we wait for everyone to get on. Uh, I do kind of think uh, maybe we could we, we could pick up a little bit of a topic. That, David, what were you just talking about a moment, a moment ago? What, what, what were you just talking about before I interrupted? Um, Using my rage and relentless attack. Yeah. So that way I can use my, uh, my dex bonus from being a rogue. Yeah, just helping him uh, optimize, you know, trying to uh, to javelin everything when he can just be the uh, the angry fencer. So let's talk about Rogue. Let's talk about Rogue builds. Um, I have a personal <laughs> favorite, Rogue build. I'm very partial to an arcane trickster. I, I love when you tie all the things that a thief can do with a little bit of magic. And it's just beautiful. I am a fan of the swashbuckler myself. Yes. But but then again, me, I have a, I have a little bit of a background with fencing and rapier fighting. So it, it has a special place in my heart. I, uh, I second swashbuckler. I think one of my characters that I played with you, uh, Patrick, was actually a variant of a rogue. Um, Hexblade? Hexblade is a warlock. Um, I was going to say something about um, when you were saying like warlock, where a Hexblade is somewhat roguish. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, if you're going to do like a multi-class build, a, a, a you know, using a warlock and a swashbuckler, using a hexblade swashbuckler would be disgusting because um, a swashbuckler is a dex charisma build and one of the best of warlock builds are charisma dex. And forgive me, what I'm thinking is hex blood not hex blood. Ah. Which hex blood is technically roguish in origin, whereas hex blade is. Hex isn't that a uh, isn't uh, hex blood a variant class a uh, variant race? It is. Uh, it is, I believe it's uh, some sort of addition that came with uh, the critical role. Uh, you might be thinking Duskborn. No, Duskborn. I think it's something else. Um... Bloodhunter. The character was either a, a, a hexblade or a. a I want to say it was a duskblade. Either way, he had a a gem embedded in his body that he could use to uh, pretty much create any any bladed weapon. Yeah. Um. About your dusk blade. Do you remember the name you gave your dusk blade? 
I do not. I barely even remember that character. I hated the name that you gave your dustplate. It's the most unimaginative name, even less imaginative than Chad. It is Bob. <laughs> That's right. Bob. Bob was a half fiend from 3.5. <laughs> dustplate from his uh, home brew content that he found. Uh, eventually, throughout the game, he eventually obtained basically very fiendish powers from a very chaotic god. And he is what we now know as Ball. Oh. I remember this conversation. That's right. And Ball has his importance in this story. Ball is the one that um, my gnome teleported the half-drow paladin onto Ball's back, so she surfed him down. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was pretty epic. It was like uh -huh. Gandalf fighting a Balrog fight. Man, it was pretty awesome. But it was Nadalina's paladin riding this pit fiend down to the. It was the elemental plane of fire, so she, it was just basically down into endless fire, you know? There was no real end. It was just, let's go down now. We'll just continue going down for a long, long time. Uh, of course, Paul would bleep out of existence at that moment in time and make his way back to a very unhappy place. Yeah, but but having a having a half drow paladin of vengeance, you know, riding on his back while beating him with a, you know, beating him with a magic sword. That and was fun. We saw Ball return again towards the end of that campaign. Uh, you guys had another run in with him. Um, Lady Bell helped out by. Um, <clears throat> banishing him uh, using high level magic to banish him and his um, minion moving from the battlefield. It was a epic affair. Uh, Chris should be getting on momentarily. He was the one that did the writing. <laughs> the form of, in his Nadaline pants. It is hilarious to hear about old characters that we made back in the day and to find out other people have interacted with him and whatnot. Yeah, that's how I do. Uh, you remember Jarl I love Axel, it. Right? You never remember the name Jarl Axel, right? Yes. Well, that was David's character. Okay. <laughs> so you guys have closer ties than you guys think through me and the way I DM. Um, Basically, I keep everything. Uh, I keep the stories that we do together. They they become the history of my world, uh, or at least waste within it. And your characters help populate it. Um, See, uh, with this being a, a hundred years past the, the last campaign, I am really curious to see what the fight for goblin equality is, has uh <laughs> there are places in this world. So there was a, a certain organization that you had uh, 
that you had in one of the campaigns. And uh, it stuck with me all this time. Well, they might have been resurrected in another campaign by me. My current DM is not too happy that there is now pretty much a league of assassins in his his world. So I do have to say thank you for that one. It's a great idea. Curtis is finishing up with his pup and he'll be on momentarily. Um, even go as far as uh, leaving the, the handprints in locations so that way that certain people can find them. I've learned to uh, I had been for a while just retrieving all my files recorded files from um, Twitch uploading them there and then moving them over to my other computer and doing all those things and turned out to be an extra step I really didn't need to do and it was painstaking because sometimes my stream would be interrupted by unstable internet um, and so I'd have to have patch those together and I'd lose, lose a little bit of content but so instead I'm recording as well as streaming which is really nice Fun, fun, fun. Little things we want. Been, uh, did some work in, some video editing over the, uh, holiday weekend. Gotta get back into the video. Get caught up. I'm a couple episodes behind still. Oh, come on. Ah, we have a great. How you doing, Chris? Chris, can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. I can hear you also. They just chill. Uh, he's having connectivity issues. He sometimes does. I'm sure he'll figure it out momentarily. So what is it about the swashbuckler that you guys love so much? The the fact that the, the swashbuckler is basically... Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, I can hear you. 
Um, yeah, my my cat had chewed on the cords on my computer, so I had to unplug the webcam. I totally forgot it was unplugged, and it's my speed. It's my mic right now. What I like about the swashbuckler is the fact that it it is not the sneaky, sneaky, you know, the the old, you know, the the, the stereotypical sneaky, sneaky, I'm going to, you know, hide in the shadows like a coward and then hit you in the, you know, find them the opportune time to hit you. You know, it's not like that um, um, dude from Con- from uh, Conan the Destroyer. Um, I can never remember the character's name. Um, but, you know, it's more of the in-your-face, I'm going to I- I'm going to talk I'm going to talk mad crap about you and and aggravate you to the point where you can't think straight and I am going to poke you so full of holes that we can use you uh, that, that uh, you know we can use you as a cheesecloth and you know when we're done bless you That's a very interesting take. Thank you, David. What about you, Matt? What what makes you love these swashbucklers of the same reasons? So sorry, Matt is busy. Matt is probably being daddy right now. Yes, sorry, Matt's busy. Like I said, he's probably being daddy. Um, what about you, Cody? What's your favorite rogue archetype or are you just learning about the rogue uh no i've been playing rogues for a while now probably have to say either the assassin or i believe it's the not remember the name for it but every time something dies you can get a a soul trinket Trying to find it right now. Oh, is that the oh the the phantom? Yes, I believe so. And uh, why why are those your favorites? What is it about them that makes you your favorite? Because you don't really realize how much death actually happens around you until you get like something for every death you witness. I think by the end of that. It, it, yeah, just horrible. Okay. Pretty much tallies up how much massacring your your character and your party has done. We're supposed to just be talking to him. 
So, Chris, what we've been discussing is uh, what's our favorites and why. Um, do you have a favorite rogue archetype? Um, uh, rogue archetype. Hmm. It's funny because uh, most of my uh, my experience with that class was in second edition, and uh, that was when they were still called thieves. Uh, I guess I find my I, I like the the basic uh, like burglar slash pickpocket type. Um, uh, when I'm, so that when would I'm be really thief. yeah, just a regular thief type. For uh, I like the I like the guild atmosphere, like the thieves guild atmosphere, and. The, the sneaking and the hiding in shadows and the trap thing and being able to pick locks and the pickpocket aspect. And you can you can end up really interacting in a street setting or a bar or a really crowded community area. I like that aspect of the character. Um, I like how the lack of, like, skill, at least in old school, you know, it didn't have powers, like, spell abilities and didn't have a lot of... Uh, it had basic fighter or combat rankings, but it wasn't over the top. You could you could fight, but the, what made that class really interesting and fun was all the different side skills and things you can do, and all the different uh, abilities that came with it. Um, I like that aspect, and like the other person was just talking about, and I mean I haven't heard anybody talk about the assassin in a long time, but. Back in second edition, it was actual another class, but I really like the assassin class too, because of the disguise, and you could be just about anybody. You could really use a lot of different aspects. Um, some of my more favorite evil characters to play back in the day were assassins, assassin priest and assassin mage combos. Um, it made it made being able to do that type of character class and, and maybe pull a job or something really fun and entertaining. Um, I haven't played an actual rogue or assassin in a game in a long, long time. Um, but there uh, just depends on the and the party structure too. Sometimes it's difficult to play one because if you have if you have a mixed group in your in your set in your group, say like let's say you have a paladin in your group, and then you have a, a priest of some good alignment. And then you have the other varying groups, players, like maybe a bard and a fighter and so on. If you're that one rogue archetype, they like you for the fact that you can pick locks and detect traps and do things. But if you're doing the, what you want to do sometimes, they don't like it. So you have to be really on your game and really kind of a, in tune with what your other, other players are doing to be able to play your character properly without causing a whole lot of strife in your group. And a lot of stuff you're ended up doing behind people's back. Um, there was a, there was a couple books back in the day. It was like kind of, um, there was a character named Tasselhoff Burfoot. He was in the uh, Dragonlance series. He seemed to always be holding everybody's stuff and people just got to the point where like, oh, he's got it. There was always fun parts about thieves, you know, might as well just let him carry all the money because one way or the other, he's going to end up with whatever he wants anyway. But, uh, Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question or if I just rambled on beyond what you wanted. 
No, you're fine. That, that's awesome. Uh, I love the information, the, the feedback you're getting. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things, yeah, you're right, about though, with a rogue, though. One of the things you have to be careful of is, you know, be mindful that you uh, of if you are going to steal from the party, because that is that is a cardinal sin. It's generally something that if you're if you actually are with the party and you're actually trying to be beneficial to that party, you generally make them off limits, and yeah. you usually kind of safeguard them from other people in your line of work as well. Now, everybody else, not so much. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so um, you, see these, you see these five guys over here? I like these guys. They're off limits. Yeah. And there are some times where if you're a rogue and you meet a party, you're not telling them you're a rogue. Where you're like, hey, I'm just a... I can, uh... I'm pretty decent with a sword. And, uh, I can... Get into places that might be harder for other people to get into, or like open. Chad. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, just depends. It, it's a it's a real fine line you walk. Oh yeah. And the other part of it is, and this is the down the downside of playing a rogue in a mixed party because if you want the whole aspect of what a thief or a thieves guild brings, it's very difficult to do it for a DM when only one player is playing that character. Now I'm not saying it's not doable, but there's a lot of things that have to be sidebar style stuff or a lot of things that are note passed or some private messages back and forth and some side deals going on because you might be going along with a party as a thief in a group to have on some big mission, but then your guild says, hey, since you're going to be in that town, you need to ha grab this in that building while you're there and bring it back with you. And we'll give you twice your normal cut if you can pull that off. So that might be even... And it's... A lot of DMs tend to just not, not have a lot of function toward individual players it's something that when i run a game and david and david and pat know um especially pat i try to give every character in their cloud i try to give them some something that's unique to them so that they're able to do stuff where their character's concerned but still have something going on in a whole group function as well that way as well let's say i have a group to get together and there's not enough people to play the session i was going to play Everybody's always got something going on they could be doing. And sometimes it can be worked into a little mini adventure or something on the side. But thieves are rogues are one of those classes that you have to kind of. It's the person running the game has to really be able to maneuver what's going on with them and other players at the same time, or else it gets you can lose that character. And when you have all these characters that can cast spells and they're using all these really cool magic items, there's a lot of items that aren't fit for a rogue or a thief to use and that are not geared toward them with the exception of like bags of holding and rings of invisibility and the basic stuff. But 
they can really get they can fall between the cracks and really kind of feel like they're like the odd man out in a group because they're not it's not generally a power class if you follow what I'm saying when I say a power class. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with the whole aspect of the Thieves Guild and all that that entails. It's a whole different world. Um, and as you said, it could be a world that is not not comfortable for certain classes to be in, um, <coughs> to say the least. And and those interactions should be a little more tongue in cheek. Um, agreed. That's totally. Agreed. But yeah, it's always fun when you get into uh, playing, you know, the different rogue archetypes and so forth. Uh, the one thing you had your headphones off when I said it, Pat. The one thing I closed with on there was a big part of it is if the DM isn't really aware of everything going on. It's really diff easy for a person playing a rogue or a an assassin or some sort of class in that format or a kit in that format to get lost between the cracks because they're not typically a power class. And a lot of magic items are geared toward them. And they they it's almost where when I DM, I try to create I'll create unique items to give to different characters so they have something that fits their character class. But in some cases, there's a lot of times when you play games where the DM is just very vanilla and it's just a cut and dry deal and you're playing your class and it is what it is and you're you're just luck of the draw. I'll take that if I can get it, if I can use it, great. But there's aspects of the game that get lost with certain character character types based on what's going on in each particular game and with each particular DM. And uh a lot of times I'll play classes based on what a, what a party needs and what I think the DM is going to make more enjoyable for me. Um, and a lot of times knowing your players and your DM is huge. You, you, you got to know what you're dealing with so you can make sure that your, your self-view of your character, you can translate to a DM so that DM can provide the right experience for you or else you might have an idea for what you want to do with your character, but if you can't, if you can't let the guy running the game know what you have in mind and what you're looking for in the game, one, they can't do anything for you if they don't know. And if you're just hoping that that DM is going to do stuff that's in the realm that you want going on, kind of, kind of going to miss out. So a lot of it has to do with communicating with the DM as to what you're looking for with your character, what you have in mind that you want to do. It's been a little while since we played Nightfall. Um, been a couple of weeks. It always is. Uh, does anyone uh, want to go ahead and get started with a recap of what happened the last time we played? Um, oh boy! Fun session, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Um, take us through. A oh wait. I was not here. I got to fill in. I can't wait to hear David's version of this. So, um, as we were starting, um, Dell was talking to some of the people from from the boat who were coming from uh, Kim area. 
um, about the the volcano and the the water supply, and now there is a giant protective magical dome over the village. Um, Dell had then seen the troll that was being the the dismembered and messed up troll that uh, was brought through and flipped their shit. Was that the troll we had killed at uh-huh. the water? Okay. The one you killed in the woods? Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like because it was like, here, make stuff for me. And it's it was, that was like the last straw Dell flipped out. It's like, I'm done. Everybody get your stuff. Get out of my house. I don't want anything else to do with any of you. Ah, ow, ow, cat climbing. Um, yeah, I just went down because she was doing the same thing to me. Yeah, but I don't want to. She, she's old and bony. So. Um... So, um, after having a conversation with um, Lucius, um, you know he's kind of cool with Dell. Um, the actually the straw that, that that actually did it was while Dell was having a rant, Willow decided to cast uh, Tasha's hideous laughter on Dell to try to calm them down. Oh, so, that's a bad idea. Yeah, that's, that was the final straw. Because it's like, okay, you guys are making demands of me, bringing, me, bringing strange animals and creatures into my house, messing with my yard, doing all of this stuff without my permission, without my consent. I can't take it anymore. So, everybody out. Um, and then, um, there's a, there's also a expedition. Yes, Patrick? (laughs) Okay. Um, so there's also an expedition to the volcano that Dell has been asked to, uh, to be, to, uh, to go on to investigate matters further. Um, if anybody from the group wants to go, that's their business. You know, Dell can't stop you, but don't get in their way. Um, and that's about ow. Um, that was about it. A week before, though, um, Dell had outed themselves as as a book educated woman uh, because of the. Uh, the duel between two very, very narrow-minded monks. Alright, so we have a friend of ours, uh, Wicked FPV. You are uh, muted, Patrick. We have a friend of ours, friend of mine, uh, Wicked FPV, also known as Dustin, a player of mine. Uh, one of my many, many players. I am blessed with an overabundance of players. I have an easy baker dozen of players I can pull out of my pocket at the same time. And Dustin is one of them. Um, he was asking about, you know, uh, Vel, because he kept on hearing you talking about Dell. 
It's kind of funny that he confused the two. He almost thought that you were Lady Vell. So why don't we go ahead and get in a little bit of a uh, um, to help our viewers in the in in Twitch right now, being Dustin and whoever else may be in there. Let's go ahead and get a uh, um, a recap of our characters. Okay, I'd like to go ahead and start with our characters and our our players. I'm going to start with David. David, you were talking about Delmont. Delmont Summermall. Let's tell us a little bit more. Delmont Summermall, born uh, Stella Cooper. Uh, from where did we agree that she was from again? Um, you were originally from a place called Elaine. You're actually from the capital. You've been there before. Okay. Okay. So, I, yeah. So. Poor, so poor farm girl, uh, lowest you know, lowest of the you know, you know, no money, no nothing, um, was just pretty much considered you know, oh yeah, dumb girl, you know, not that you know, not pretty, just breed, you know, just enough to you know, marry them off to to some other farmer to you know to consolidate families. Well, she's brighter than. So, you know, she was developing farming techniques, tools and implements to make things easier, which her brilliance fell on deaf ears and eyes. So she ran away in one night, um, started calling herself Delmont Summermaw, found herself in Red Clover Fields. And uh, up until just the other day, everyone thought that she was just a very small man. Um, and who was the local, the local eccentric blacksmith and inventor in the village as well. And the inventor living in a very popular water mill that uh, needs to get a new door knocker, apparently, because it is getting worn out. Um, no, no door knocker. I'm going to put, I'm going to see if some, if, if I can just put like one of those, like, um, uh, like almost like a can on a string kind of thing, like uh, an intercom, uh, a medieval intercom. If I can do that, that would probably be best. That way, wherever it's like, what do you want? <laughs> a wizard uh, is not here. Series yeah. of tubes to send your voice. And so uh, that that'll take me to uh, Chris or Drake, um, which is playing Alia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that uh, character? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Alia is a, she's a wood elf. She's, uh, um, she's from not around here. She's from the, a different continent. And, uh, she's, a uh, she's kind of on a journey of personal discovery. And, uh, she, she left home to, uh, kind of learn learn about what she's made of and kind of figure out more about what she was looking for in life. And she was, she was brought up in a, in a location where her, uh, her family had a pretty solid setup and she really didn't have to work too much for where she was at. So she was looking to kind of adventure and find herself and 
kind of making a make her own name for herself because she was living in her her family's shadow. But uh, she's uh she's very much nature oriented since I mean she's a ranger, but um she's got she dabbles in spell casting as well, um, on a magic side. She uh she has an affinity for animals and just about any type of creature that uh if she can save it she'll save it. Um, if it's possible. Um, and uh, she's extremely loyal to uh, friends and companions. And uh, uh, so much so that her original trek was to try to help someone restore their memory and figure out who they were, which that that's kind of been set on the side, but part of that has already been taken care of. Um, other than that, uh, she's uh, she keeps a lot of other other personal stuff kind of close to the chat close to the vest and is uh shares personal information on a very need to know basis and she doesn't overly trust that many people and uh that's pretty much aliena the boy but she's she carries a sword and a bow and she's pretty proficient with both and uh she's not afraid to hurl a spell if need be Indeed. Um, and you actually refer to a particular gentleman that was played by Andrew, um, which I'm trying to remember his name now. Um, it was uh, Alistair. Alistair. Alistair has been in the lighthouse uh, for some time. Uh, but uh, uh, he... We'll, we'll we'll see what ends up transpiring with all that. He's still he's still around and all that stuff. And if Andrew ever makes his way back, we'll 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 reintroduce his character as that. But for right now, I'm just going to keep him as a DMPC um, or a NPC. And if you want to go to the lighthouse to talk with him or do anything with him, there he be. Okay, um, he is not that far off. So I want to make sure you know that he is still in town. Um, continuing, okay. Uh, that's going to take me to Curdy or Chad. Chad, w. yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that character? Tragic well, story. Give <laughs> me one second. Just in the other room, making sure my connection's not going to drop out. That's Chad. He's a. As far as the party knows, he's an adventure extraordinaire. But he actually lives a double life. He's a, he's a professional bounty hunter. And uh, he's been drawn to Red Clover Field with tips that a certain person of interest is lurking around there. Well, while he was there, he uh, he encountered him. He, uh, he got his butt beat. <laughs> he got... He limped back to the, to the inn and uh, didn't say anything to the party, nothing. He's pretty much keeping the fact of who he really is on the down low. He doesn't want to out those details to the wrong person. Who but, is this? Who is this now? This is uh, Chad. Chad Dudley. Okay. As far as y'all know, adventure extraordinaire. <laughs> oh, this is the Chad. Okay. The chat. Yes, sir. <laughs> Super charming. He's quick with the wit. 
he doesn't he often offends people but doesn't mean to he's just a little arrogant all right um that uh sorry pretty much sums it up and after chat we have lucius lucius why don't you tell us a little bit about your character or sorry matt why don't you tell us a little about lucius my character's so good, I don't even have real names. Um, Lucius has given up on his original life, I would say, in the form of giving up his memories um, in exchange for his magical abilities as a warlock. Um, he has no memories of his previous life and has thus begun to travel with this uh his companions this band of uh oddities if you will um he has a side hobby of kind of like collecting um other people's experiences and memories um in stories and tales he keeps in a library inside of his vessel um but he's He's just trying to uh, just do his thing, experience more stuff, and do him. All right. Uh, well, as Lucius does him, Kythos is doing himself. And why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Kythos first? Phrasing. Well, I'm Curtis. I go by Kythos on here. Um, I'm a tiefling monk. Uh, way of the Kinsei. Uh, I've had um, a couple different, uh, I guess, well, one sensei come up and, you know, give me a book of knowledge to read and then had uh, another uh, martial arts master to say that I should stop reading books and follow her. So I'm kind of torn between the two of what should do, but I'm just about finished with the one book, so we'll see what how things go. Uh, last but not least, we have uh, Amanda, otherwise known as Gaia. Uh, Gaia, why don't you tell us a little bit about your character? Hello. Gaia is a Kalistar druid, uh, Circle of the Moon. She focused, her, her powers focus mostly on turning into animals for combat purposes. Um, she is sort of on, like, a mini mission of, like, world peace, kind of, sort of, to sum it up. She wants peace between the current modern world and nature, so there's no fighting and that everyone can live peacefully. All right. And as we enter into the 10 o'clock hour, which is, uh, technically when I have scheduled to start the stream, uh, I'd like to go ahead and get into a recap myself. Um, a recap of what really has transpired this far in our little story. Um, we started off with a group of adventurers making their way to uh, the small town of Red Clover Beacons. They uh, found themselves uh, lured upon adventure, making their way north. You see about some uh, some bear 
on the way. They ran into some kobolds with the help of Willow, our, our uh, bard, which his music ended up attracting the attention of our kobold friends, which later transpired into a companion known as Nyx. But uh, Delmont, to conceal being a woman, made her way to the side of the road to relieve herself privacy. At which time, he was attacked by a spider, which was hiding under the ground. Uh, the party quickly sprang into action to save save Delmont and continued to make their way north to deal with the bear. And brought that to a, uh, a negotiating type of a uh, solution with the help of Gaia or Druid, which brought a, a, a way for the lumberjacks and these creatures to still inhabit the same area without uh, you know continuing the attacks. It was very creative by the party's part. They later returned to deal with the spiders yet again. Uh, found that it was a bigger problem than they originally knew. Some edder caps and a bunch of uh, problems with uh, people disappearing. They ended up uh, wiping out these Zetter caps and the spiders and also a portion of the forest in, in turn. Meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, there is a race for Sheriff. Um, Delmont has been raised to the, the platform of uh, Fire Marshal and eventually this character named Judge which would help them with uh, uh, putting an end to the spider menace, as our friend Willow uh, liked to put. Um, and they've been hailed as heroes, this small little town of Red River Fields. And, and it's from that, that when I was creating this game, I felt like Nightfall. Nightfall, what a great name. But really what Nightfall insists is that darkness, okay? Well, darkness has come to the town of Red Clover Fields. And Red Clover Fields is the home of a shining light, a beacon, which is these heroes trying to do their best to protect Red Clover Fields from darkness. And that darkness has continued to grow as once they dealt with the edder caps, they were introduced with a new problem. This volcano apparently has erupted and sending all kinds of havoc on the ecosystem, um, threatening life at a great rate, so much loss from the town of North, luckily a circus, which was uh, which was brought to the town of Red Cloverfields, drew a lot of the populace away, which helped mediate a lot of loss of life. But that life is clinging as they are still working together in Red Cloverfields in order to um, try to help all these refugees. Uh, refugees that were, you know, uprooted from this catastrophe. Well, um, now a noble has come, which was said to start up a school, a an ambassador from a, a land far away that is, that uh, that David had uh, mentioned called Chimera or Chimera, I believe he referred to as. Um, and they uh, insisted on on trying to help 
this small town grow? Why exactly? Not really sure, but something to do with something the mayor has going on with a tower that's going to be constructed out here, a school, a fount of knowledge, and a um, as this town is now the the last uh, defense against the frontier, whereas the fort that was north of here was originally, but now that fort is all but gone, and the town that resided outside the fort also gone. This noble wants to bring the party up north to take a look at, uh, at what they're dealing with, as all we've had right now is just the aftermath of what it's doing to the area. Um, but the origin of it still is has a bit of um, mystery behind it. And I believe the last time that, that, that pretty much sums up, in a nutshell, what the, the grand part of it is, this story. Now, within that, there's all these different little storylines that you may have heard from our different characters. And I think that's important as we go along to delve into those those character stories as they make them, you know, they give life to this this story as a whole. It is a collaborative storytelling. Even though there's a story that's driving, the actual storytellers are as much my players as it is. And it's fun to to enjoy that together. Now then with that all said, we find ourselves at uh at the water pond having rested for the evening. Um, and with the morning coming, um, what would you guys like to do? Let's go ahead and get this game started. Well, I'm a smoke a morning bowl. Okay. Chad's going to come down, get his coffee, and then uh, head to the rendezvous point. The dock. Yeah. Also coffee, yes. Wake and bake. Um, I think I am getting ready to leave. So I'm preparing for adventure. So, so since I probably didn't get much sleep from my door being knocked on at all hours of the night, um, and I don't even know who's staying in my house right now after my, uh, my expulsion of everyone. Um, but uh, I'm going to grab my tools, grab TikTok, and head to the sh- head towards the dock. Sucking down whatever caffeinated coffee, tea, um, if I have to like chew on a piece of tree bark, uh, to stay awake, I will do that. Okay, so um, yeah, you're, between all your projects and 
all the uh, traffic you've been having, of course, uh, sleep may be difficult for you. Um, if we are, in fact, uh, suffering from some sleep deprivation, uh, we could go as far as taking you one step down the condition track. We want to go that far? No, uh, it's more role play. Got it. Make sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the is going with Lucian. Okay. Um, Lucius, you mean? Yes. Okay. And Lucius, uh, where, where were you headed? Uh, I believe we're on a trip to the volcano. Okay. You just say you were getting ready to leave, but I didn't exactly know where you were wanting to go exactly. So, all right. So, yeah, you guys all make your way to the docks. I'm assuming that you're coming as well, Alia and Kythos, um, Jab, uh, all of you. Uh, my character would be at the windmill where uh, the, where Spin had been hanging out. Um, I guess my character isn't really aware of all the <laughs> the stuff that transpired between the party and Delmont at this point. So what's going on at You may have heard a little bit of it uh, from Willow as he came or she came. Uh, actually, when she arrived at the windmill, I believe you were not there. Uh, so yeah, you don't know much about it. But you do I know haven't that been to the windmill. Willow went to the window. That's what I was talking. Did I say Delmont? I may have said Delmont, but I meant Willow. But uh, but yeah. So, uh, you do remember that uh, there was a trip going up north uh, to take a look at the volcano. So that may drive you to make your way to the docks in the morning, um, unless you'd like to do something else. Um, I'll. I'll uh, I'll head to the dock and see what the group is going to do and how the if who all is going and all that i'm i'm a i get up i'm uh put a twitch in my uh in my gear that's the squirrel i'll leave a spin at the windmill and head to the head to the uh, dock indeed um delmont as you're waking up and making your way downstairs and so forth you go by your desk and make yourself a you know what a cup of coffee or something like that and you find a small leaf uh that you recognize as one of willow's little leaves and there's some writing on it you examine it as you're sipping your coffee it says that uh he's had another uh occurrence with this hag one of these dreams he doesn't feel like he should be turned be making the trip and he has to return home off to his home for the time being he will return in a couple of days he says um uh, heads. I uh, find a way to pray for him and that's another one of the things that the party's been dealing with is that they've all run to their own little bits of problems sometimes and willow has contracted a very particular parasite that like a night hag, which is not the parasite. Um, but you all make your way to the uh, docks, and there you do find um, 
a small crew uh, there that is uh, loading up some supplies onto the ship. Um, the um, uh, what would the I keep on? I have to look at my notes to find out what I actually named him, but he has an official title at the dock. He is the Harbor Master. Harbor Master. Thank you very much. He actually sees you guys approach. Okay. He's like, he recognizes you, of course. He's like, oh, yes. Well, uh, um, right this way, I, I was told to to get you whatever you needed and uh, make sure that you make your way safely aboard the ship. Of course, you do uh, know that the possibility of you getting wet is a very real possibility. I don't know what you know about ships, but anything you drop over the side, it's gone. Just imagine it being gone. He's trying to explain to you as though he's never seen any of you on a ship before. He doesn't know that you guys know anything about ships, he says, but but I'm sure you'll be fine. You'll be safe. This uh, ship seems shipwrecked. And he uh, he motions for you to go ahead and board as you do. Um, the um, the crew, of course, muscles muscles uh, muscles up and uh, uh, helps you helps you uh, get yourselves situated on the on the deck. And you see a, a lady, uh, Alyssa, uh, make her way out to join you. She greets you with a, of course, a smile. She says uh, she's very pleased that all of you have come to uh, make this venture up north. Um, thank you for so, your time. So they're taking the boat up to where the volcano is. Indeed, they want to get a closer and, look, see what they're doing. And and just to see what's going on with the volcano. Correct. Um. Okay. Um, Has asked you guys to uh, assist. She. Okay. Um, turns to the cabin and you see a, uh, a very short courtly man uh, come out. He says, uh, greetings. My name is um, Augustus M. Burns. Montgomery. Um, uh, a, a cartographer um, of sorts. Very short man, very uh, little glasses and so forth. He has a bunch of little scrolls and so forth under his arm. He says, I don't believe that we're dealing with a volcano, he says. I've been looking into this, that, and the other, talking with the good lady, and I'd like to speak with you, uh, Mr. Delmont, if, if you may. I've been told that you are quite uh, quite adept with um, tinkering and such. You are muted. You are muted. David, you are muted. Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm adept with I I I've, I know my way around a tool set or two, um, and if you can see by my seven foot metal friend here. Um, by the way, TikTok, can you please help the uh, help the loading of cargo? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, he 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 uh, writes his glasses like you made this uh, this creature this construct. Um, yes. Without magic. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. The wonders. The wonders. Uh, this uh, 
this, this volcano, I, I tell you, um, the, the reason why I don't believe that it is a volcano is, you know, simply because it's it's in the wrong place. See, there was, there's a, a, a calder that was believed to be in the area, but it's uh, uh, much further much further east than, than the location in which this, which believe, leads me to believe that there may be magic involved. And Lady Alyssa, she, she agrees with me. Indeed, I do, Mr. Burns. And that's why I've asked for you all to come, as I know that you are quite adept with uh, the dealing with uh, of, uh, magical creatures and so forth. Um, and caps and whatnot. You are the local frontiersmen, are you not? Um, may I make a... Um, let's call it a glass blowers check. Um, because I figured that would be a, um, a, a best equivalent to regard, uh, volcanology and pressure. Okay. All right. Um, so that is intelligence. Um, and you're trying to ascertain what exactly? Um, well, because they were saying the caldera is at the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, as with things like in our world, like Mount St. Helens, that, that was, uh, that, that erupted wrong as well, because there was a weak point in the, the lava tubes, which caused it to go out and not up. It seems like what you're asking is going to require a lot of hands-on investigation right but i'm just saying the possibility using like glass blowing as because like pressure in glass and if there's a fault in the glass while you're blowing so it's just a similar gonna need a forge right no but i'm just using that as kind of a, a knowledge kind of thing okay sure uh but yeah you you think about the possibilities and you're on the fence with it let's go ahead and get okay. your, your 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 role though let's see what let's see what what your role comes out to be right it may sway you uh, one way or the other it's a seven yeah you're on the fence about it you're not really sure it could be the way yeah, maybe it, it could maybe it could you know right but it um, but it's still but like with every good you know scientific you know thought process you know always have you know there's you know always look for you know, you, have, you may have a hypothesis, but you do also have to test variables. After all, that's what research is, sharing knowledge with others. Exactly. Going through the process of eliminating possibilities. Right, um, but, so, but it is still a possibility that that's what happened, is just there was a fault in the volcanic system at this point, which caused the eruption. Indeed. So, um... You guys get on board the ship, and before long, you are making your your way north. They uh, weigh anchor and you know set off. Uh, blah blah blah. Yakety spackle. You were just going to speed things up a little bit to get this party going. And before long, you guys are are fully you know out in the lake, making your way. the the um, The lake is very quiet in the morning, even though the looming of the darkness still persists. Uh, the light fog comes up, and, and as you guys are making your way through, it is a little bit 
falling. And then sure there's still ash falling mm-hmm. and But it, it's so it's so calming and soothing as you're making your way in the morning in it. There's so much quietness. But yes, this eerie darkness, fog of ash, as you said. It 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 surrounds everything, blotting out the sun. But as the sun does rise, it pushes through this cloud and almost like a very red hue, like a like a like almost like it's it's made of blood as it rises through the uh, um, through the sky as it rises, um, giving a bit of an ominous feel, of course. But uh start off like the deck. <laughs> uh about an hour or so transpires and you guys are uh encroaching upon the uh mountain range itself and down beneath the mountain range where there would be a river that comes out, you are actually seeing a large um what looks like a gaping maw of fire. That is essentially where this town once resided. And from this gaping maw of fire, you see uh, protruding out of it is a large, what looks like the mouth of a volcano. The strange thing is, is although the, the mouth of the volcano is there and the volcano is as volcano tube, as you would say, is making its way up, there is a ring of fire at its base. Let me go ahead and get some perception checks from that. Ooh. <laughs> that's a that's a nat one. <laughs> Coming out to a six. <laughs> Guy got eleven. So beautiful, I'm crying. 22, I'm getting from Drake. Yep. 19 um, from Dow. 19. Um, Lucius? 9 for Kythos. 9. Lucius? Working on it, sorry. I'm just hoping 95. this is not a divine being's hemorrhoid. Excuse me, what did you just say? <laughs> not while I'm drinking, please. What, what, what check was it? Uh, let's see how perspe- perceptive you are. Gaia got 11. Uh, Lucius has a 21. All right. So Delmont, Lucius, and Drake. Uh, Drake, are you still in your shop? Heard. Um, as I said, you can see this, the, the mouth of the volcano. Uh, and it's rising up. Uh, but you can see it actually rising up. As though it's almost like one of those snakes you'd light on the 4th of July. And the snake would kind of go up. Well, this volcano seems to be emerging from this ring of fire. Okay. And this is fine. As you were watching the volcano tube going up, you're seeing coming out of the side of the volcano what looks almost like it's strange. It looks like eyes, but eyes that are like uh, like 
carved out of rock and stone, almost to emulate that of a skull as it comes and slowly rises. You can see two eyes sit above a nose led by a mouth, and it continues to grow and grow and grow, going upwards. This is not a volcano. And as you guys perceive that, it and you see the, the it start the structure itself begin to quiver, shake and quake, and out of the volcano comes a molten hot fragment of rock and fire that shoots out of the tube and lands on the uh, the uh, coastline um, near the forests which is not far from where you guys are right now, somewhere in between. Um, but you can see that the rock, it hits it and uh, explodes into the earth, sending fire and rock and even parts of trees uh, all over the place. You see it landing into the water. Um, of course, the, the bits of tree sizzle, but still are on fire. Let me get some new perception checks. We need uh, something like that. Hey, Lucius. 17 this time. Lucius has the same. Same thing. 16. Daya got 23. 22 again. I rolled a 17 again. All right. One higher. 10. Total of a 17. All right. You had a. Uh, sorry, I was fiddling with the roll twenty at the same time. Um. Oh, hey, hey. I heard Lucius Greg said you plus the five. Same thing, right. So you're over twenty. Did anyone well, else Lucius have? A... Had... Sorry, Lucius had the same as Cody, uh, seventeen. That's what you meant by the same. So 17 and 17. Drake, what did you have? You had 22 again? Yes. Delmont, what did you have? Not 16. Uh, 16 and Lucius, you said? 17. And Kythos? I forgot to add my proficiency earlier. Uh, I'm at 15. Uh, Amanda? I got 23. So all of you see that the the fire from the origin from where it exploded, it is expanding from that spot. Um, you guys also see that uh, you can see that the forest um, is burning, is on fire, and is expanding and strange patterns that are not normal to fire. Okay? Those of you that got a... I'll wait for you to be done. Uh, those of you that got over 20, okay, it seems that the fire that is expanding from the explosion is actually alive. Uh, you see what looks like creatures made of fire. Well, 
When you say creatures made of fire, could you be more dis descriptive? Yes, I can. You see what looks like vaguely humanoid shapes that are completely made of fire that stand upwards of 10 to 12 feet tall that are swatting at and touching the, the uh, trees in the forest and watching them consume with fire as they continue to move outward from the exposure. Are these fire giants? Two of them. Roll me some archives. Let me get some archives. Did you hear my question? Yes, and that's my answer was roll me some archives. Oh, another that one. Um, Getting all the bad rolls out first, right? I'm hoping so. Don't feel bad. I just rolled a one. Yay, the rolled one club. Anyone else that rolled a plus 20 perception? Uh, so, Chris, to appease your curiosity. We need to stop going on D&D &D Beyond, because I think that's three or four of us that just rolled a one. <laughs> I got a two. Yeah, physical dice is well. Um, yeah, I don't have any physical dice anymore. So, Gaia and uh, um, Drake. These resemble not giants, although they are gigantic, large in fact, but these are elemental creatures, creatures, elemental fire creatures, fire elements. So they're like fire elements, just really big fire elements. They're large, yeah. And they're, and they're taking great delight in burning up trees. Yes, they are, they are consuming the forest from the, spanning out from the explosion helping the fire spread. Um, Lady Alyssa, seeing all this transpires, like, well, I was hoping that I'd have the opportunity to see the lot of you in action. I feel that this may be a better stage than one could desire. Um, say, maybe you and your group, your fire brigade, could go and see about, uh, what this endeavor is, as we take a closer look at what is happening here, she says to the volcano. Um, I'll make a, a boat available for you to make your way to shore, and you can from there uh, see what you can do about these creatures that seem to be coming from this very strange rock. I mean, I feel like I don't know if you know this or not, but we're not dogs that you can just like point to something and say sick them. I I only listen to gold. She says, um, you're right, you're right. Um, dogs only play with bones. You all play with gold. Now we're what talking. Is the, what is the charge for your services, Mr. Lucius? Is it? Yes, it is Lucius, but uh, I don't deal with the rates of uh, what we do. I kind of just do the thing. Uh, Estelle. Excuse me? Okay, wait, hold on a second. Wait, just... Wait, wait, give me just a moment, please. So... 
you. Let me let me let me see if I get this straight. You orchestrated this whole thing so you could to to get me and these freaks onto this boat to take us here, so you can see us work as an incohesive unit to take on things that we should that if you had known they were there already that we should have been informed in the first place i don't believe that i orchestrated anything i don't believe that i created a portal to drive a volcano through it and then start spitting fire over the place however i do believe mr delmont mrs delmont whatever it is that you are the resident fire marshal and this is not your fire brigade is it no Ah. My fire brigade are four other people that are back up back in town. So you did not think to bring your fire brigade? No, because I was under the pretenses that we were here to scientifically examine a volcano. Indeed. But sometimes changes. You brought so I was brought here under false pretenses. So you're saying you that do not wish to, my fee. You do not wish to assist us with the dilemma we find ourselves. If you had been more forthcoming on what you were expecting. I was not expecting a flaming ball of fire to shoot out of a volcano and suddenly slam into the side and have a bunch of fire elementals out there burning the forest, but there it is, and I'm asking for your help. And you were giving me nothing but difficulty. Perhaps because right. you had, because you had, you said, "Oh, well, I, what was it that you said around along the lines of, um, you had to see us in action? Yeah, you wanted to see us in action. I was hoping to see the I was hoping to have the opportunity to see you in action, and here it is. Considering the fact that you were here a few days after, you obviously have for uh, foreknowledge of." Of various events because you were here to help with the volcano you set off before anything even happened well there's conversing can i roll for an insight on this person that's trying to get us to do this task me too so this means that you had foreknowledge of what possibly could have happened and if you had shared that information uh, if you had been more forthcoming and honest about your intentions and what you were expecting, then I wouldn't be so uh, disinclined to to assist you. I'm not a trained monkey. For insight, Gaia rolled a 22. That's a 19. Uh-huh. Patrick, if, if you're talking on your other thing, I think you're muted. Yeah, you are muted. He says, very well, if I can, I get assistance from you to deal with the endeavor. We will have to make our way back to port, and I want your team to do so. 
Um, where are we in relation, where are we in relation to Red Clover Fields? Um, about an hour. And uh, these fire elementals, what direction are they heading in? Um, well, um, let's go ahead and make a perception. Anything on those uh, those insights? Now it's a uh, fourteen. Uh, you see one that's heading uh, north from the explosion, and one that's heading south, which would be actually taking it towards Red Clover Fields. And okay. what about the insight checks from uh, from Chad and? Oh, I might have been. In, I might might have been. Uh, I apologize. What were the insights for? And what were the checks? We were checking to see if we were uh, check. So we were kind of suspicious of this person because of okay. how like coincidental it was that there was these things happening and they were and she was expecting us to do something about it. So we rolled inside to see if she was like possibly the, the cause. Ah. Um, I mean, it is very strange, of course, three days later after this uh, volcano erupts that this noble that was supposed to be there several months from now has suddenly arrived. Um, she did say something about magic being the reason um, that they did uh, see foresee this possibility. And it seems like she is not alluding to information that she may be harboring. But it is possible that, yes, it is possible she very well could be the cause by the way you are, you know, oh, perceiving. It's not, that it's, not the fact, it's not that she's the cause. It's the fact that she knows what's going on and, you know, set us up. You as well think that she may very well be the cause as much as anything else. After all, she knows more about this than anyone else so far. And suddenly shown up, you know, residents, it's possible, you know, as you said. Um, could I uh, roll a persuasion and uh, interject and be like, I never said I wouldn't do it. I just said it'd be gold. And because of the situation of uh, not being clear on honesty, uh, believe that price should be double. Okay. Well, what is the going rate then for your assistance in this matter? I only got a three on that. Sorry, give me a second trying to breathe. So she's asking you what what do you what are your demands? Uh, I am not sure what uh, they would charge, but based on the size and uh, the danger, I would probably say 100 gold per head. Plus medical expenses, obviously. 100 gold per, per monster or per adventurer? That would be uh, Chad's rate because he, he's a adventurer extraordinaire. You talking about uh, hundred hundred gold per per creature you vanquish? <clears throat> yeah, and I pointed out I was like I don't know what 
the party would like, but that is the going rate for myself. Okay. A hundred gold. I, I can do that. Certainly. If you uh, bring me, if you are able to vanquish both of these creatures, certainly I will give you a hundred gold creature. Um, uh, I feel like we should, uh, for right now at least, observe and then better prepare ourselves once we get a better grasp of what's going on. Okay. And I tell that to uh, Chad, too. Like, I get it. Like, adventure extraordinaire and all, but surely you have to do some kind of preparation for things. Oh, well, yes. I'm just not keen on being manipulated. Indeed. Also, yes. No, I completely get that. And that's definitely what it seems like. And I made no attempt to hide that. So, uh, in what prep, what preparations were you thinking there, Lucius? Uh, to better prepare yourselves, what would you like? Well, we would need to observe the situation and see exactly how bad it is. Right now, we see two creatures, but we've been here for fucking five minutes. And it's already and spewed we're one watching out. the we're watching the planet give birth too. So, so yeah, I yeah. feel like we're hopefully unprepared. And we need to get a better grasp of the situation before we charge in head first. We don't need to have a repeat of what happened with the spiders in the forest. We went deep in, found out it was more, or the situation was worse than we were expecting, had to back out and then come back in with a whole other plan. I feel it would be better for the lives of all of us if we started out prepared rather than charging in head first. So why don't you make me a perception check with advantage this time? Me? Uh, Lucius. Okay. 23. 23. Okay. Um, so as you're observing this, you are seeing that the, uh, that the trees are, of course, igniting, <laughs> originating from the um, object that, of course, flew in from there. These giant creatures made a fire are making their way north and south um, and catching more and more of the trees on fire. Um, and you see this small, you know, uh, forest fire beginning to grow from the... Um, origin of the um, stone or object that is flowing out of the volcano. Is there something else more in particular you're looking for? Well, so we just showed up and the volcano is A, like uh, Del said, giving birth, but also mm. B, spewing out monsters. We don't know how yes. fast or if it's only one kind. Um, at at this point in time, you only see the the uh, the fire elements, right? But we've also only been here for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. 
and yes, as you do watch the uh, the volcano or the the earth giving earth as as Delmont said, um, you see rising up out of the ground uh, through this portal of fire um, is this as I described this head uh, rising up out of this portal with a protruding hand it seems like. And the uh, it, it continues to to grow up higher and higher uh, as this uh, volcano continues to emerge um, from the from the hole. It is slow going, but as as you watch uh, slowly but surely, this uh, object continues to emerge from this portal. So, what Lucius is saying is, it's a sh- the the fire elementals, yes. Is a potential hazard. It's a problem. It sucks. It's burning down the forest. But a, we've done that willingly once before, only days ago. Um, we need to worry about the thing coming out of the volcano. Plus, with this particular elemental, if it just stays on the shore side of the woods, it's not going to burn anything else because you have roads and shoreline. To uh, you know, to block it from burning anything else down. So I feel like fire, fire elementals, though concerning, is secondary to the mountain birthing giant fire titan. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the fire titan that's being you know birthed out of the hole in the ground. It's like popping a pimple. <laughs> So no, it's after the pimple is popped in that core that's coming out. Yeah, he's so just squeezing his way out. Um, our, our studious uh, Dell, do you have uh, any kind of idea on how fast this thing is emerging? It's very slow, John. Uh, well, and it's already been there. And because yeah. we've, we've we've seen it gone from eyes to mouth. Right. Are we talking like days or hours? <laughs> Could be, could be, could be a couple of days before it's. That's still pretty fast. That's still how. pretty fast. Um, I mean, based on, I mean, can I do like a a, tink, a tinker check to, you know, an intelligence based on the size of the head and how much has been shown, if this has human proportions. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, how big an intelligence? Yes. Uh, so that is a 15. He is coming back. I see his shadow. I see the DM's shadow. Hmm. All right. And now so the DM. The... So that, that was a 15. 15. All right. So your intelligence is telling you... Um, From without knowing how big the object is completely, it's hard to say. But from the right, but I mean, having an idea of like the size, the width of the head, the space of the mm-hmm. eyes, the distance between eyes and mouth, you know, I have an idea of if it is of human proportion, I might have an idea of its size. It may take uh, two to four days before this object is fully. 
Okay. So would I have an idea of how big this thing is? Are we talking like Godzilla size? Um, it appears to be like a the the size of like a mountain. Almost like uh you're seeing the peak of the mountain starting to rise up out of it. But uh you're comparing it to the mountain range that's next to it, and you're thinking that's only about, you know, a third of the size of it as it's going up. And you're thinking this is probably going to be just as big as as the other mountains that are that are next to it. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it it could be rather large, um, but it doesn't seem to be oh, animated. Okay. It doesn't seem to be animated. It seems as though the 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 face that is that is there, it seems to be carved out of stone. It doesn't seem to be animated. Animated. Well, yeah, yes. and a baby when they when they're born, they don't breathe until you slap them in the ass. So. Indeed. <laughs> so we still could be seeing the you know this is a newborn titan or or gi- ginormous elemental so is there you know, going to be a hand that pops out after and smacks it on the ass is well, that there what was I'm one hand that was raising up with the head like if that's a baby how big is that hand oh, that's coming out to smack it so we're stealing from Eternals now so Give you a visual. While he's getting us a visual, my big concern is that if these are regular standard fire elementals to our level, that's going to be difficult to handle. What's the worst that could possibly happen? Uh, they'd burn us all up and we'd die. Bring sunscreen? Question mark? I like how despite the vast day, we can still agree on some things. That's nice to have a bit of civility. I have to get into my old sketchbook. So what's our uh, our plan of action as of the moment? Um, well, what magic? Really? Really? They've dealt with this before, but with different lives. Really? That's what's coming out? Is that that is coming out of the ground here? That is coming out. That that whole island thing? Where was really? it set? Yeah, we're not, we're not in a position where we can deal with that, actually. That's not something we can deal with. That's where something where we... At? It was from the elemental plane of fire. And it was full of demons and devils. And we went with high-level characters and dragons and almost didn't make it out. I mean, where was the pic posted? It was right here. In my hand. Uh, This is one of those things that I actually made by hand years and years ago 
or a previous campaign that this some of these players dealt with. And it's fortuitous that we were discussing a particular character named Bob, which I renamed Ball. Uh, this is basically his hangout. At the Blood Shack. It's a little um, place where we can die together. Which, Alia? Alia uh, uh, wasn't there. Yeah, I no, wasn't there. No. But you've heard stories. Just, uh... Yeah, if I... Roll yeah. me an intelligence. It's you, Alia. Fourteen. My uh, bonus. It's be a three. So it's seventeen. Um, it seems familiar to you. Almost like you've heard a story from your father, right? Albert. Yeah. Him talking about something that similar to this. Whether it's related or not uh, is yet to be told. Okay. Okay. So I need an old goblin and an even older gnome. Yeah. So we have older half elf. No, I was making an exorcist joke. No, I was just looking at Twitch. Anyway, um, so um, with that, with all that information coming out, you guys uh taking a few moments looking at where you're looking at, determining this is not a volcano at all, um, some sort of structure, almost like a, something carved in the side of a mountain, but a volcano, though, all the same. But it's it's not a normal volcano at all. Um, Obviously. Sorry, you go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, please. Uh, this, this is the part where I want to... I hand it over to you. Okay? All I can do is lay down the table. Okay? And lay out everything. I've done it. You've got these fire elementals out there consuming the forest area uh, between um, the volcano and red clover fields, and they seem to be spreading. They're heading out. Some of them are, one of them's heading south towards red clover fields, as the other one is heading north towards the volcano, either way, expanding out from the explosion. While this structure seems to be coming out of a portal, um, that seems to be emanating from where a town once was. How that came to be, nobody really knows either. Uh, but it is definitely bringing a volcano with it, one whether whether you like it or not. <clears throat> so, uh, the fire elementals are hazardous, but minor, because Lucius is looking at this volcano thing and is seeing at least we're talking like apocalyptic event that's apparently happening in front of us and I think we need to find help to prevent that and Lucius 
Yeah. Any of this, just between you and me, any of this familiar to you at all? Just think about that, and then that's all I'm going to say. You just chew on it. What would you guys like to do? What if I were to tell you we are the help and we're screwed? <laughs> so she's offered you, Chad, 100 gold per elemental. Well, uh, you have yourself a job. For the uh, mischief. But to convince this crew to go, you're going to have to be a little more uh, insistent, it seems. It's, you're the only one motivated to deal with this. And I don't think you alone is going to be going to be able to stop both of these creatures. <laughs> Probably not. The Chad may see as that. So were they headed away from uh, the village? Well, half and half. One of them is. And the other one's heading right straight towards them. Well, we're going to have to deal with at least one of them. I, I can I can settle for that. If one's headed for town, we at least have to deal with that. Unless y'all just want to let them walk through town and we can just rebuild afterward. I don't know about the citizens. Well, half of the citizens are capable fighters. So I mean, I know one way to in the city. I mean, I know one way to keep the city safe. People aren't going to like it. Evacuate, but... like we've been saying. No, no. Take out the bridge. Oh. Okay. I that's like rude. That. It's an op- that's an option. And that because I'm pretty sure fire fire elementals don't like getting wet. So without the bridge, it has to go through 30 or 40 feet, maybe 50 feet of water. And up to probably its weight, 50 feet of waist-deep water to get to us. And that should cool it down quite a bit before it gets to the town. Alias says, uh, I personally don't think that anyone in the town, with the exception of a handful of people, like on the island and maybe the mayor's people or a couple extremely advanced individuals that we may or may not be aware of, are equipped to handle these things. We are going to have trouble with one of these things. And I agree 100% with Delmont. I say we get back to the Red Clover Fields and we make the bridge unpassable because if this thing gets in the town, town's gone. And okay. most of the people okay. are going to die because most of the items that people are carrying are not going to do much good against these things. So this is going to burn them to a crisp. Well, remember, too, that the there's a, uh, although retired, a supposedly very capable retired election party there. And the new sheriff and the uh, other one, troops that were Minot- on the boat and the Minotaur that uh, didn't become sheriff were all pretty capable fighters. Uh, Judge even saved us uh, single handedly. So he's got a few men with him too. We've stepped away from her at this at this point in time, right? So we can have a yeah. little bit of a private conversation. 
absolutely. If I may ask, is so the the fire elementals that are you know the two of them are like are trees combusting just around them because of the presence of their heat, or is it they touch them and they combust? Bit of both. With the any, basically anything within five foot of them already begins to suffer from it. Okay. Once they touch it, it goes up. Yeah. Okay. So they have like a five foot heat. So they already have like a five foot combustion zone around them. Right. So yeah, nobody's getting near them. So we should probably talk to the townspeople before we just blow up their bridge? Question mark. Um, I I'm of the opinion that um, we break the bridge and then rebuild it like uh, rebuild it after. I like that idea. Safety first. I mean, I know that it's a thousand-year-old elfin construction, but I would rather they live than than the place just be a barren, scorched hellscape with a little bit of pretty decoration. Okay, I am alright with that, but you need to get their them on our side too, because it's kind of oh, at least be the mayor. That's how I'm like. As long as we're including the, I don't want a part of it if y'all are just gonna blow this fuck this friggin' bridge up and just be like, oh well, sorry guys, <laughs> not talk to anybody. I mean, unless you unless we can get uh, unless somebody can build it can dig a trench. Uh, wait a minute. We do have people who can magically build trenches. Hi. Brainstorming, see? So, yeah, we just have to build a... Mm, we, we just have to cut a, I'd say, 10 foot wide by 8 foot deep trench around the edge of the... around the edge of the bridge... Beats Maybe my idea of trying to get wide? you to make it into a, a drawbridge where you can lift it apart. It's it. solid stone. Oh. It was the only other suggestion I had. So, alright, well, yeah, I'm not going to go after these guys head on. Think smarter, not harder. Um, I, I only drawback I have to this whole trench idea is you're thinking that this thing can't climb down and out of it? Well, when the trench is flooded... Yeah, it's like connected to the river. And the lake. How long is that going to take? Uh, well, considering um, the trench that Lucius uh, carved magically, and if I can get, you know, 15 people with shovels and pickaxes... Um, if it's only an hour, if we can hightail the boat an hour, um, cause that's, uh, depending on how fast we can get the boat to go, um, how fast are these things moving? And how fa and how far are we landwise from the bridge? Uh, they're, they're not moving exceptionally fast. It seems like their main objective is to 
burn as many of the trees and so forth and consume as much, much of the area as possible. And so they're not heading exactly in a single direction like a kaiju making its way towards, you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like taking a leisure stroll through the forest and every time it goes and rests next to a tree, it, it, it combusts into flame like a Roman game. Okay. So I'm not trying to rile any cages, so they're just sitting there destroying the forest? Yep. Yeah, just making sure we understood that. Well, and they're having a great time. Well, <laughs> and as long as they're on that side, as long as we can keep them on that side of the river and make sure they can't cross that bridge, fine. Keep the frontier out there. Nothing to fear here. Just ignore it and it'll go away. <laughs> it's defend, defend, defend. Well, um, Chad is currently looking at everybody seeing their facial reactions to what is going on and just observing. I mean, it's how we don't, I mean, it's the, the way we ended up dealing with the, with the spiders, you know, let them, you know, put them in a situation where they can't escape and just let nature run its course. If this case, if it's running down here, we put a lot of water between us and it. And if it, you know, decides to make the trek, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to survive. Well, also, I, I think we need to worry more about the priorities, the danger priorities of this. Because I, I feel like the threat levels of these two things are vastly different. The fire elemental is one thing. The uh, whole thing that's coming through is a whole different problem because it's full of more of that shit and even more than just fire elementals. So, like, that's a in, in, but, in, in the, the, the scheme of things, these two fire elementals are nothing compared to what's going to happen if we don't figure out what the fuck's going on with the volcano. I agree with that. So we can get word to the town and tell them they need to defend themselves against a potential fire elemental while we take on the bigger problem at hand. Uh, and by okay. take on, I don't mean charge in head first, but try to come up with any, literally any kind of solution. Okay, so as you guys are discussing everything, uh, the lady, she approaches you again. She says, take a moment. I'm not used to people questioning me. Taken a bit back, but you're right. If I want you to, to help, then I want to be as transparent as possible. And... Yes, I, I do not believe that this is a, a minor. There's been occurrences across the world. Different occurrences at different times throughout the ages. Um, make no mistake, we are, we are at risk. We have been for some time. 
We are at war with the forces that are beyond this world. Forces of a creature by the name of Baal. And of course, there is a cult of dragon worshiping and so forth from a particular island not far from here named Zuka Island. And I believe that they are connected. Uh, there is a reason to believe um, that uh, that the two entities are are conspiring to um, not only bring the world to a fiery grave, but to bring back a very tyrannical god named as a virtue. Um, let me go ahead and get some equivalent of history history checks from everyone, or religious checks, um, or even arcana. You can choose choose your check you want. History, arcana, or religion. Guide uh, 20. Get a 10. 19. What skill did you roll? Because I'm sure a different skill would give you different information. Good. Well, yeah, plus three to every option. So, Okay. Uh, what are you rolling and, and what is the total? Amanda. History 19. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Amanda, you had said something. What was the check that you made? I rolled Arcana, and I got a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Chris? I rolled History, and I got a 19. David? Um, history, 14. Uh, chat? History, 10. Lucius? I got a 6. And Kythos. You are Ar Arcana eighteen. Eighteen. All right. Those of you that uh that rolled a history, okay, and those of you that succeeded over a ten, which sorry, Lucius. Um you've heard this name before. Virtue is a um <clears throat> one of three greater gods. Uh, of Thalia, and Birchim is said to be the father of darkness. Um, the as Phixius is the god of light, Birchim is the god of darkness, darkness, god of dreams, and god of mostly everything that's vile and evil in the world has an origin through him. Um, those of you that rolled in Arcana. And had a successful over 10. Uh, also familiar with um, this dragon cult. Okay. Uh, the same dragon cult has been uh, referred to as. Are you familiar? Anyone's familiar with Tiamat? This is on top of the table. Okay. Yes. Uh, same, same basic thing dragon cult trying to bring back this dragon god from. Blah blah blah, yakety smackety, and essentially they would be bringing back Tiamat. In this instance, bringing back Virtue. Okay. Um. 
trying to give him residence here in the material plane. Okay. Uh, that's what she believes. And that ball is somehow tied to it. And ball is a demon. Okay. That has origins from being a, a half being that rose through the ranks and has, uh, has been a, um, has origins and ties with that of cow uh was a and and ties to bringing cow to an end partially um he is pretty old pretty ancient thousands of years old as uh continued to torment the material plane from time to time trying to force his way in and has uh, almost been successful before. Um, Alric, of course, uh, had taken part in defeating him in the past. Um, but yeah, you guys know a little bit about about what she's referring to because she she says yes. Uh, there is a there is a war, and it is. Uh, It is through the act of, of many mages throughout the world that help to keep tabs on things. These diviners we can only be so reactive. Uh, we foresaw the portal opening here, near here. In fact, we foresaw it a long, long time ago. That is the reason why Red Clover Fields was founded. There was a adventuring party there that founded this city, waiting for the moment when this portal may arise, not knowing exactly where or when. But unfortunately, um, this group has grown old in Sodom. And they were tasked with trying to bring in a new a new crew, and apparently they are tearing, putting that uh, in the lap of, of you. And it is not fair to ask someone to do something without full knowledge of, of their endeavor. But would you take up the mantle of being the protectors of Red Clover Fields officially? Well, I thought that's what I've been doing since I've lived there. And now I'm asking you to see if you cannot uh, help us with this endeavor against these creatures, with these fire elementals that are wrecking havoc on the forest. Um, I do not know what your plans are. I leave you to it. But uh, um, if you could, of course, keep me in a loop as to what it is you were planning. Of course, I will uh, do whatever I can in my resources, within my power, to assist you in what I believe to be sound. 